This week's episode is brought to you by Plan B. The second choice, in case your first plan fails, Plan B is used for when you can't get a table at your favorite restaurant, when your favorite movie is sold out, or when the top college you applied to rejects you. Plan B. Did I mention it can also be used for birth control? Hey everybody, welcome to Nexus at Night. Blue Storm Dragon Maelstrom is over $20 now and everybody saw this coming. I'm Atlas. I'm Matt. I'm Rootbeer. And today we are not talking about uh, the Glory Maelstrom that was revealed on yesterday's stream because that will be next week. I know what that card does. uh, You will next week, I guess. Cool. (laughs) Or do you mean the original Maelstrom? Uh, I... No, I have no idea what the original Maelstrom does, actually. But it also doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. Uh, anyway, so today we are talking about the G-Zone in Vanguard, and by that we mean we're talking about side decks in Vanguard. Or is it both? It's both. Nice. Nice indeed. So uh, there have been a lot of uh, people who have talked about side decking in Vanguard because Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh! And does Pokemon have a side deck? A Pokemon does not, no. Okay, Pokemon does not have a side Okay, so Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh! are both games that utilize a side deck, which is a uh, set of 15 cards for Yu-Gi-Oh! And is it 15 for Magic? It is. Okay, and 15 for Magic, that uh, in between games of best of three, you can uh, swap cards from your main deck into your side deck and vice versa, so that you might have a better matchup against whatever it is you're you know, playing against. So... Vanguard does not have that, and people have clamored for side decks for, I think, as long as Link Joker has been around, I think. That's the, <laughs> that's the the paradigm where they're like, I'm sick of Locke. Can I just put Poker over here for when I need it, but I don't want to put it in the main deck? Um, so it hasn't happened, but I think there might be a solution for this in the future. In the meantime, what do you guys think of the idea of Vandar getting a side deck just in the way that Yu-Gi-Oh! or Magic does? I mean, I feel like we've discussed this before, but part of the problem is deck building in Vanguard tends to be pretty rigid. We don't have th- things like spells or traps in Yu-Gi-Oh! that you could slot in as a situational card. Like A lot of the times, the best deck for your her clan is probably going to be stuck in most situations. Even if you have a couple tech cards that might help a certain matchup, that matchup tends to be so lopsided anyways that you're probably going to lose. I think the last time we like we even touched on this topic, it was with like kind of having a separate side deck. We mm-hmm. haven't really talked on the idea of having a side deck kind of intermixed with the G zone. So like but, like, I feel like a lot of clans just can't even afford that space. Well, I noticed that as we're getting further and further into the reboots, uh, we're getting grade 3s that are are getting good enough effects that you kind of don't necessarily need to stride that turn. Mm-hmm. Outside mm-hmm. of... I Like, sometimes you just do it for the triple drive, right? Right. Or, mm-hmm. or to get your GB skills online. Like, I noticed that in Great Nature, if I ride Leopold and I mill 
you know, two triggers, to, so I end up getting thirty plus thirty k in a crit. If my GB skills are already active, sometimes I just won't stride because I would rather be hitting for forty k with three crit than I would for, you know, twenty seven with. Yeah, you get an extra drive check, but you had to discard for it. Um, so I think that might be a precursor to what Bushroad might be planning to do with premium format in the future, which is your G zone basically becomes a side deck. Right. Like, one one thing that is true about, you know, the G zone or just any extra deck in any game is that because the card can be accessed more or less at any time, you don't have to worry about, am I going to draw this ever? It's just, when do I want to bring this out? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing that the uh, side deck matters a lot for Magic, especially is, like, the rate at which you draw it is very important, because in a lot of faster decks, your sideboard will generally contain lots of copies of cards, because you need to draw it early. Like, for example, mm-hmm. uh, there's a there's a card called Duress in Magic. It's a single black mana. You look at uh, target, player's hand, target opponent's hand, you choose a non-creature and online card from it, and they discard that card. And this is a very, very, very common sideboard card in black decks, or decks that even have black in them at all. But because you generally need it on the first several turns of the game, the sideboard will typically contain three to four of them. But things that are like advantage engines, so things that are boarded in for slower matchups, you'll board in less. Because you need you have more time to draw this card, or more time to find this card. <laughs> but I feel like in Vanguard, like a lot of the stuff you do side in, you'd probably want to have a good uh, opportunity to find it early. Yeah. And so you'd want to be boarding in like many copies of these cards for the most part. Mm. Well, like, really, a lot of potential sideboard cards you kind of want on demand. Like, it should be something you want to easily search out because, like, with your example, Atlas, if you wanted poker for Link Joker matchups, well, they're going to start locking your shit around, like, turn three when they ride grade three. So, you want to already have poker ready for it. So, like, that is part of the problem with Vanguard, is I feel like a lot of these tech options are usually just covering up for weaknesses, like having your board wiped. Well, it seems like the decks that can utilize Potur better are uh, things that can search Potur, like Mm -hmm. every Paladin, mostly. Um, Yeah. And then things like... And Spikes. Spikes and, uh, I guess, Grand Blue, or... Like, Mm -hmm. anything Mm -hmm. that, like, specializes in calling, you can for the most part, get the card where you need it to and bring it out so that you can uh, do poker things. Now, mm-hmm. I noticed that another thing that Vanguard has that the other two games don't is less space to play your cards. Yeah. So in... Well, before you know, before the reboot, there was no Excel circles. You had five rear guard circles and the end. In Magic, you have a limitless board, and in Yu-Gi-Oh, you have five spaces to put monsters and five spaces to put uh, spells and traps. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not referring, not counting like pendulums or anything like that. I wasn't really around for that. Well, but... they've changed pendulums to be part of the spell trap zone, so it doesn't matter now anyway. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yep, but there's cool. a field zone and ex- and uh, some extra monster mm-hmm. zones for links. Oh, okay. Um. Well, still, like that's still more space to work with, uh, as opposed to something like mm-hmm. with poker, where you would want it in the front row to yeah. really do anything as a card besides unlocking. Also, like Vanguard's damage mechanic means you can randomly lose your text to bad RNG. Yep. 
Mind crush. <laughs> one one thing also that um, I, I don't know if I've touched upon in this game also, or in, in, on this podcast yet. I, I know I've talked about it a lot in real life, but um, whenever you look at like, let's say you're really far ahead in, in Yu-Gi-Oh, right? Mm-hmm. If you're really far, if like if you're really far ahead in Yu-Gi-Oh, a lot of your cards trade down to make really really powerful monsters, so you end up minusing cards to make to to make extra deck monsters. So you're so all that advantage turns into like on board something. And Vanguard, though, because of the issues we talked about about lack of space and lack of like ways to trade off normal units into like better things, your advantage just turns into more guard. Mm-hmm. So there's not really a, like a super uh, at least in I guess this more applies more to premium where the you, you can get more readily get what you're looking for. There's not really a good transfer from uh, advantage to pr- pressing that advantage in any way. Yeah, because like. Even if you're just grabbing stride fodder, it's like you're still getting the same stride you would have gotten if you had the stride fodder beforehand anyways, right? I guess the idea is to, like, if you get all this advantage via deck thinning, then you end up with more triggers in the deck, or, like, the greater trigger to normal unit ratio. Yeah, but that's not, like, a hard advantage. (laughs) Yeah, you're right, it isn't. And I I think Excel circles kind of, for one, kind of give ways to more le- leverage that advantage, although Excel clans aren't ones to gain it. Mm-hmm. At least in standard. In premium, it seems like right. the, like there are a lot of good Excel clans just because everything got advantage near the end of uh, G-Era. So you just... Well, yeah. every, not Murakumo, but yeah. Yes, Murakumo was terrible for like the whole game's history. Yep. I guess also another thing is like a lot of techs in Yu-Gi-Oh! and Magic probably have some really powerful utility on their own, whereas... like. A couple techs in Vanguard would probably just be something that can't be retired so that you can deal with a retire-heavy matchup, so there's nothing that gives you any kind of really direct, powerful advantage the way a Magic or Yu-Gi-Oh tech might. In my experience, cards in Magic that don't have, like, a lot of direct advantage, uh, or, like, that, like, if they don't have, like, a lot of, like, incidental strengths... Then I just won't even board them in in matchups, or even they, even if they have targets, just because like it's still such a bad draw, it's not worth dealing with like the off chance they have this incidental uh, strengths. Like, like so a good example is there's a card called um, Thrashing Bronson in Standard. It's a one green green three four that says pay one sack it destroy target artifact or enchantment. Okay. So for four mana, it's destroy target artifact or enchantment as a creature. But for three mana, it's a three four, and this is a card that I board in against like a lot of red decks. Simply because it has four toughness. It looks like the card, oh, you want to board this in when they have artifacts and enchantments, but that's not necessarily the case. Like, if they just have, like, a two-mana enchantment, I'm not going to board this card in for that. What I am going to board this card in for is when its body matters, and maybe I can get some value out of the skill otherwise. Mm-hmm. Here's another example. Um, back in ten years ago now, at this point, for Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, if you were a deck that used its graveyard a lot. A lot of uh, side decks would include the card Imperial Iron Wall, which uh, mm-hmm. is a trap that would prevent cards from being removed from play. Because a lot of anti-meta decks, or really just anything, would side in things like Dimensional Fissure or Macrocosmos, which caused all cards that would go to the graveyard to be removed from play. So your counter was to use that as a way to continue doing the graveyard things that you want to do. And because Dimensional Fissure and Macrocosmos were both generic, any deck could side them in, and there was a fairly good chance that that was going to be an opposing deck strategy against you. Well, 
Yu-Gi-Oh! also has, like, anticipation for those kinds of cards. Even, like, say 10 years ago, you still had things like MST, you still had, eventually, Blaster, Dragon Rule of Infernos, where it was just like, oh, look, a thing, I'll pop it. Yeah. Mm. Like, you had so many outs to... Yeah. Well, yeah, Heavy Storm would eventually be banned, but the Mm -hmm. idea is that you had so many ways around uh, spells and traps, because there's just so many things that even dealt with it. Yeah. And Macrocosmos could even be answered by something like Solemn Warning. Yeah. Because it could and then, summon Helios. <laughs> yeah, yeah and Vanguard doesn't really have anything that can, like, negate someone's ability, right? Like, you can't just be, like, counterblast, so blast, stop your opponent's skill from activating. Well, on the flip side, there's not really anything in Vanguard that's quite as, like, insane as things like Macrocosmos. Yeah. Like... Like, in Magic, there's a card called Rest in Peace. It's one white enchantment. When it comes into play, exile all cards in our gra- all graveyards. And if a card would be put into a graveyard, you exile it instead. So basically it says nothing can ever put, be put in a graveyard ever. Thanks. And, like, the cards like which just like this wouldn't exist in Vanguard. The, the cl- it does, doesn't exist in Yu-Gi-Oh! The closest <laughs> you have to that is uh, Closer Dragon in Narukami, which is their GB8 which is yep. when you ride it, you retire everybody's field and then bind your opponent's drop zone. That's the closest we ever got, and you have to be a GB8 to, for that to happen. Bushrod mm-hmm. has made it pretty clear they don't want to print cards like like that at like that can quickly be activated because they don't want people to just not play Grand Blue. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I like mean, if, you know, if, if there were, if there were some grade three that on ride just like banish your opponent's drop zone and then just said, hey, by the way, anytime you put something in your drop zone, you have to banish it. You would just never play Grand Blue because this card exists. I mean, if they wanted yeah. people to play Grand Blue, they should make Grand Blue more in- attractive to play to begin with. I mean, it happened with Night Rose. Yeah, that's right? true. Literally, couldn't be more attractive, right? <laughs> in more ways than one, I'm sure. <laughs> so, I think I, I think that's the other part. Is it just doesn't really matter. I think a lot of the cards that like are matchup dependent that people care about these days are in G guards and in strides. So, yeah. in the same sense, like, I feel like the side deck is kind of part of the G-Zone. Like, mm-hmm. the, it's probably what you're going to change the most going through, like, yeah. tournament to tournament. Well, I guess part of that is, like, the strides in Grade 3s probably have the biggest effect on your board state, usually. Because your rear guards are usually just ways to extend your offense, right? Like, they gain power or something, and then... The Grade 3s are the big ones that kind of change the mechanics of how you're attacking, well, because like, you build your deck the, around your grade threes. Yeah, like just as an example, Glory Maelstrom that got revealed today. I know we said we we're going to talk about it next week, but <laughs> it's kind of relevant now. We can't stop it. Like Go you for can, it. like it's counter blast one, and then your opponent can't intercept, and they can only call one card her to guard circle for each battle. So like, that completely changes the way your opponent is guarding, and that's the biggest effect on the board state you're probably going to have. Everything else is just like gain power or re-end this. Or swap mm-hmm. the rearguard circles or whatever. Um, I mean, the fact that, like, this single skill means that every... Like, Protect 2 is just useless against uh, Aqua Force. Like, this single yeah, card yeah. made it so that you change your whole strategy the second they flip over uh, whatever their starter was. Uh, Theo? Or Eric. Officer Cadet Eric. Um, the second you see that, you're going, well, I'm not getting Protect 2 this game. It's just not worth it. Um, with 
like, hmm. so we talked about how in Yu-Gi-Oh! and Magic you had, like, the generic stuff, which the closest Vanguard has is Cry Elementals mm-hmm. um, and Poker, like I mentioned before, but also something like Light Elemental Hanali, which prevents any... Uh, the opponent has to counterblast to attack from the fifth battle onward of their turn. And we're seeing a lot of decks side that in against, like, everything. <laughs> um, for premium. Because it also means that, like, if there's a deck that can call this mid-battle phase, that's kind of close to a negation, right? Yeah. Um, things like Pale Moon, Great Nature... Shadow Paladin, I guess. I can't really think of anything else that would do that beforehand because you can't just put it in the back and expect it to stay there because everything yeah. has removal in premium. So you're like, okay, uh, I guess I'll just put that into the soul with Tricky Assistant or Kagero or mm-hmm. Bind It or whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I feel like for Vanguard to have a proper viable G zone, we need to see a lot more generic cards that affect the board state in a major way like Poker and Honolly do. So you would have to have more uh, Prey Elemental G-Guards that do things? Like, if you put Denial Griffin still on a Prey Elemental? Mm-hmm. That would be very, yeah, very different. something like that. Yeah, like, something that could disrupt your opponent's plays or, like, alter the board state in some way. Because otherwise, you're only getting very marginal benefits. Like, okay, well... Uh, 80% of my board is gone, but I have this one unit that can't be retired. That's definitely a thing. I don't know, I think Vanguard is fine. Like, the way Pokemon does it, and Pokemon does not have a, uh... Side uh, deck? Side system, but they just still play best of threes anyway. Yeah. I mean, Pokemon is kind of... They do have the most space for lots of tech cards. I mean, they can get prized, but, like, you just kind of... How many cards are in but a deck for Pokemon? 60. 60. Exactly 60. Okay, so you have... Decks m- usually contain between 10 and 14 energy cards. Okay. Sometimes so, less. So kind of like Vanguard with the triggers, except more other cards. Uh-huh. And a lot, most of the deck is item cards or trainers. Okay. I guess there's a lot of supporters now, because you don't have ways to search them, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Pokemon just plays best of three with the same deck every time. And I, I think that system is fine. I mean, we, we talked about this in the two-deck system episode, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and Boucherode, please, just just give us best of three. I don't care if you do it by two-deck yeah. or just anything. Mm-hmm. Um, e- yeah, so Hearthstone is doing a vague sideboarding thing now. I know nothing about Hearthstone, so please yeah, take it us is away. It's the most, most bizarre format I've ever heard of. So, in order to, like, streamline the process, basically people pick one class, so there are nine classes in Hearthstone that you can pick from, including Warrior, Paladin, Druid, Mage, Warlock, etc. So, stolen you from bring the D&D? Uh, well, stolen from the World of Warcraft uh, MMO. But, what you, and then what they do is they bring three decks of that class. So, like, let's say I picked Warrior. I would have a primary warrior deck, I'd have a secondary warrior deck, and I'd have a tertiary warrior deck. You would play every game one with your primary deck, and then, for games two and three, you would pick one of your other two decks that you think will best make the matchup the best. And they can only differ by, like, five cards or something. So it's essentially, like, a really small sideboarding for, uh, for Hearthstone. But it's, like, this really controlled sideboarding they do. Granted, that would be very difficult to manage in real life, but 
It's just something that, uh, that, Real that Hearthstone does. Oh, because it's like, a virtual card game? That's right. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hearthstone is famous for having lots of randomness. Well, if none of the cards are physical, I can kind of understand they have, you know... Mm-hmm. Well, they'll have cards that, like, summon a, min- a random mini that costs six. Which there's no way you could emulate that in real life. Which is what makes Hearthstone kind of neat. Is that they can do these kinds of things. Uh, it also is kind of what makes Hearthstone kind of frustrating. Because they can <laughs> do these things. I mean, card games... I, I, I think if you're not making your uh, your card game a little frustrating, sometimes you're not doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> Those words are going to come back to bite me in the ass. I just know it. I'm going to lose. I'm like, this is so annoying. They're like, hey man, you said publicly. If you're not frustrated, you're not having fun. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> this joke brought to you by uh, losing to Standard Bermuda because, quote, everything went right on turn three. Yeah. That'll happen. Mm-hmm. What about the possibility of, like, switching between archetypes? Because it seems like Bushiroad is not going to stop with archetype support ever, so... So like, what, you, you, could have have some... the, you could have the same clan but a different archetype? Yeah. So... That'd be interesting. Well, because in Yu-Gi-Oh, you'd be like, this is my Kaiju Neospace and Trickstar Burning Abyss deck. You know, like, you can just cram a bunch of cards in there at once because you can just do an engine of one thing versus another. Yeah. Um, Vanguard toyed with this at the beginning of its history with something called Extreme Fight, which is just you can use whatever. And then Boucherode realized that was stupid, and they quit doing it. Um... Now, if for some reason Boucherode were to bring back Extreme Fight, do you think that would help take care of the problem? Because you could just tech in a X, Y, or Z thing to deal with, you know, like four or five annoying matchups for whatever the main core of your uh, deck is? Because I feel like at that point, we would just see like paladins and stuff that can call generic grades of cards teched in with whatever has the strongest rear guards. I think what they would have to do is start uh, eroding cards to say, like, early in the game's history, it was call it grade one, you know, Shadow Paladin versus just call it grade one. Mm-hmm. Where, it's, you know, the idea of Extreme Fight wasn't a foregone conclusion by that point, so they made a point of saying it. Yeah. But like, then they also started introducing, like, Lord and crap that kind of killed the Extreme Fight format, but I don't know. I feel like Extreme Fight would become pretty linear pretty fast. Like, people would just find the most efficient way to call out the strongest rear guards and then go at that. Yeah, and everyone has Denial Griffin. Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> like I just said earlier with Cray I mean, Elementals. I feel like in Standard, it might fit a little bit better just because we don't have the powerful G-guards and Lock isn't the mechanic, so decks wouldn't devolve into everyone running at least one Messiah. Oh, like you just cram the Amnesty in there for... yeah. Dude, people have been playing Amnesty at the end of uh, its G era. I know, it's it's ridiculous. It didn't even matter. <laughs> I feel like this conversation came up before, like, mid-G era, where we were like, I feel like if we could have open G zones, everyone would just f- tech in Amnesty Messiah, because of course you would. Hey, it is generic, technically. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, this argument would come up, because this always comes up, uh, Extreme Fight probably goes against the core values of Vanguard, which is like fighting for your clan <laughs> or something. So it, it, it the idea of clan loyalty kind of goes out the window. 
when yeah. everybody get- can just tech in something Luard related into yeah. whatever. At this point, it's like a foregone conclusion that clans are all isolated, so Bushiro just hasn't even designed it with this in mind anymore. I mean, that's fine with me, but I think it was something we could... Like, it's worth entertaining every now and again, mm-hmm. because we as people change and the game changes around us. I don't think... And I guess this is kind of makes this topic a little weird. Is that I just don't even think Vanguard needs one. Like a side deck. I think. Yeah, mm. I think it's just fine without it. Yeah, like I'm kind of of that opinion too. Like I, I said think... at the beginning, and most deck building is fairly samey. Like I just don't feel like unless they make some like huge change where they're adding like different card types to Vanguard, this would be mm-hmm. an absolutely massive change. By the way, like you're adding like event cards or something to Vanguard. It'd be yeah. absolutely massive change. Or you start uh, adding, like, a spell card type thing. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of thing you would have to do in order to, like, shake up the game. And even then, it might not need a sideboard out of the gate. But, like, Buddy Fight was pretty much made in a way where it, it, it was going to make a sideboard relevant. Well, because you and had buddy items fight, and stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? You have weapons, you have spells, you have monsters. Like, you have all these different things going on. Mm-hmm. Where you just don't have these different card types in Vanguard. Like, Vanguard's meant to be a simple game. Uh, it's not meant to uh, have, like, a lot of the intricacies they wanted Buddy Fight to have. I find it funny that Buddy Fight is the game they, like, I guess put more thought into. Or at least that's what fans of Buddy Fight will say. But Well, they wanted, to, they wanted it to be their competitive game. And just turns out that, like, it's pretty hard to move people. I mean, Especially, like, when, when your game sounds like it was made in Canada, it's not very uh, competitive sounding. Yeah. We're going to yell yeah, that the on The name Twitter. is absolute trash. No, no, this is not even This is not even uh, a question. The, the name is so bad. I agree. And even even they admit that. So like, <laughs> Oh, really? Holy yeah, shit, that's amazing. They all know the name is terrible. Nexus at Night, the Ripping on Buddy Fight podcast. I don't think the game was, like, terrible, at least. I think, like, the main fault of the game was that Dragon World had, like, support in every set for, like, the first six sets. So it's their Royal Paladin? Or their Cargo? mm, That's exactly right. And then, also, Bushiroad keeps making games and abandoning them. It turns out that Vanguard was probably endwise because anime, but, like, seems like Vanguard is probably going to be their flagship card game. That I, actually, like, lives. I think Weiss is, like, pretty fun. Mm-hmm. People talk shit about Weiss all the time. Like, Vanguard players will call Weiss, like, really luck-dependent, and then Weiss players will call Vanguard really luck-dependent. <laughs> and it's like, guys, please. I'm more annoyed yeah. that Weiss just uses anime stills for its art. Oh, yeah. that is... Oh, my God. C- can I just complain about that for, like, a couple minutes? <laughs> all right. Sure. We gotta fill so, time, right? So go for it. Oh, my God. Every time... I, you look at, like, a Weiss card from, like, a set from, like, a visual novel or something that has original art. It looks mm-hmm. so good. Like, original art Weiss cards look so fantastic. Like, the original Sengoku Basara set, the one not from the anime, looks really, really fantastic. And then they print these anime sets where all they do is take these low-quality-ass stills from the fucking anime and shove it on cardboard so it's, like, double-compressed garbage. It looks so blurry and bad. I hate it so much. Oh my god, it's gotta, horrible. Gotta get that cheap cash in. Oh my god, it's like why is this? Like, do people do they look at this and be like, you know what, this looks good? 
And I, I think like it it's probably also it probably has something to do with the fact that they're they want to be like oh, check it out, you know, people are going to recognize this scene from the anime and it's going to be cool or whatever. But really, I'm just like, no, I hate this. <laughs> like, cl- clean it up. Take higher quality anything is like a start or or put some fucking effort into it. But, you know, it's a cheap game, whatever. That, that might be my favorite thing I've ever heard Matt say for, <laughs> for a few minutes at a time. Um, okay, so... <laughs> This is the list of all of Bouchard's collectible card games, and most of these on the Wikipedia page are not clickable. There are no articles for Alex X Cross, Chaos TCG, Dragoborn Rise to Supremacy, Five Cross with a Q, uh, Jewel Pets Trading Card Game, King of Pro Wrestling, Luck and Logic, Monster Collection, Victory Spark, uh, Weekly Shonen Sunday versus Weekly Shonen Magazine, and then Weiss and Buddy Fight and Vanguard. That is a lot of card games that were given up on. I actually Amazing. played Luck and Logic for a little bit. It was actually like pretty fun. But then Luck and Logic seemed sweet, and then nobody cared. Yeah. Well, Vanguard was too fun. Anyway, back. I, I do. I do think Weiss is like legitimately fun, mm. for as like bizarre and like wacky as it is. I, mean, I do think it is fun. I mean, you have. Yeah. I, I think their big three is their big three. But way way back yeah. over here in our topic land. Uh, <laughs> So, I'm like I mentioned before that event. It seems like eventually, if they you know keep doing like if they do like a premium collection thing once a year, it stands to reason that over time you will get clans where their G zone is just well. I mean, I have my glory maelstrom here, but if I don't draw into it, I can always stride into the Valios, right, or into mm-hmm. Alexandros mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, I think that's a good way to handle quote side decking because you y- y- can deal with a bad ride. Like, in Locals this last week, I was playing Premium Nubatama, and I rode I rode the bird. I rode KFC, which is a terrible vanguard to be on. But I strode into Shiranui Rene, and everything was alright, because Shiranui Rene is bedonkers. Sure is. Fair balance card. Fair. Makes everyone feel like they're having fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Only dies to protect clans that have ridden twice. Awesome. So, if this ended up being the case, do you like, would you guys be okay with that? I feel like part of it is just kind of inevitability as standard support continues. Overall, I think it's fine. Like, I guess, like, the current state of Yu-Gi-Oh! now, a lot of things are dictated by your extra deck, so... Like, having a bit of variety where sometimes you can use the G-Zone and your strides, and other times you can rely on your grade 3 on its own gives a little more variety to the game. I think it'd be cool if they gave you a way to, like, trade down, like, grade twos and grade ones into, like, more powerful ones out of your ex- mm-hmm. out of your uh, G-Zone. That could make the game, like, pretty interesting. So, when mm-hmm. you, so like, that thing where uh, you could call strides to rearguard in the case of Murakumo and Pale Moon, you would mm-hmm. get, like, that, but grade twos and ones, but with crazier effects? Yeah. Yeah. That's certainly one way to do it. I mean, it's just, like, makes people, like... It, it gives you a way to, like, turn advantage into something. Yeah. Or, like, go ham and, like, see what happens. I guess. Well, like, it, it yeah. just has a lot of play. It, there's so much, like, space there that's, like, not touched. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we have G-Guardians, which, you know, turns yeah. your heels into... G-Guardians are, like... Mm-hmm. So it, it turns your heels into... You know, it turns your advantage into something else, and I think if you, mm-hmm. over time, you'd be like, discard a grade two 
with this name or something, you can do, like, call this grade two for the turn, or permanently, but something, something I don't know. It, it seems like something they would have to uh, continue testing and really think about, and also it would stand a reason that you would want to expand the G-Zone again. Mm-hmm. Remember when they expanded it from 8 to 16 and everyone lost their shit? Probably then, gonna that, happen that happen again. People lost their shit. I don't even remember that. People, I, I fully believe it happened. People lose <laughs> their shit about everything. We lose our uh, that's shit true. about everything. I think. I just didn't remember it because I was like, "Yeah, this makes sense because they're adding more shit to put in there." Yeah. Well, also, oh wait, wait, there was some complaining about Gear Chronicle. I think at the time that was <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think also building on what Matt said, I think. We could also stand to have like different varieties of G guards so that you're not just discarding heal triggers. So, and it also goes back to something we brought up before, which is having more on guard skills. Please do that. There's so much there to do. Yeah, like imagine if they made some sort of G unit that it, you could discard some lower grade units for to have a more powerful guard skill. That would be in effect, similar to, like, a spell or a trap in Yu-Gi-Oh. I mean, the only one we've had, like, ever is that Kagero Grade 1 that has GB1 when it successfully defends an attack kill a thing. Yeah. Uh, Balog? Balog? Yeah, Balog. Yeah, guy. I could not remember its name for the life of me, but I figured everyone would know what I was talking about. (laughs) We also, like, they touched on it a little bit in Mega Colony with Darkface, where if they call something, you can Soul Blast 2 and rest it. I'm surprised they didn't have more things like that. Like, you have, like, a trap hole, like in Yu-Gi-Oh, but for, you know, like, when your opponent calls a thing, you can drop a card and retire it or something. That also means that you get, like, in a closer place to Yu-Gi-Oh or Magic, where you have to go, I want to do this, response... Okay, I do this next thing. Response, like, that does kind of slow the game down on the whole. Mm. And it was something I didn't really enjoy about Yu-Gi-Oh! When you would, like, go play and the opponent goes, I'm going to do these fights. I'm like, fucking slow down. Solemn judgment on the first thing. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's just the problem of, like, because Vanguard is a relatively simple game, trying to add any of these new mechanics for... To accommodate an extra deck or expand the G-Zone more would make the game needlessly complicated. Well, the game either gets needlessly complicated or it starts doing, uh, you know, set rotation. Pick one. Mm -hmm. Right. Or or they do some kind of series finale and they go, okay, that's all the cards forever. Yeah. (laughs) Which they'll never do because money. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or like, expand Vanguard into a spin-off game with more complicated mechanics. And, God, imagine when the power creep for our current V-series gets too high, they have to reboot the game again to incorporate these new extra deck mechanics, and then we're gonna have Vanguard Classic, which is just what we have now. I mean, they rebooted Spider-Man how many times in theaters? <laughs> It's not completely beyond the pale. Yeah. I mean, like, the gift system was kind of a step in that direction, right? Like, like so, but so far, they've gotten pretty minor effects. We're on, 
only now with the gift twos are we seeing like tangible changes to game like really serious tangible changes to gameplay like uh protect get getting that extra intercept guarding or like the advantage you get from excel two yeah or force two now up in your crits all the time mm-hmm um so yeah, like I guess expanding on the gift system might be another way to uh incorporate more complex mechanics, but then we might that's getting into the realm of like putting gifts on lower grade units. Well, you, like they've toyed with this with the Hamske and uh whatever Bermuda card that was that gave you a gift by an effect and not intrinsically with the card. Mhm. And I think that's kind of neat, but I also think they need to be careful. Yeah. <laughs> Sooner or later, we're going to get a gift that goes on the guard circle. And it'll probably be some sort of denial skill. I was going to say, isn't that just protect two? Sort of. <laughs> um, an addendum to that, by the way, I I honestly think that the protect two thing should have given whatever was on that circle intercept, if I'm being honest. That would make sense. The more I think about it, and the more I've seen it in practice, like it's really not kind of where, like the okay, I'm gonna blow that up. Oh, it's useless now. Cool. Um, <laughs> or I'm gonna call this grade three, and it's useless there. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. Great. Instead of doing, uh, I think in do- doing sideboards, I think uh, best of three is just fine. <laughs> like not having best of three is an absolute travesty. Yes, it is. Yes. Absolute travesty. Hell, even at locals, it's kind of annoying, but... Mm-hmm. I think like, a lot of the problem, too, is Vanguard players just, again, and this is something we've touched on a while ago, is that people they people just need to play faster. Yeah. Get better at math. You have to use it constantly. Well, it's, it, And this isn't even complicated math. It's like 20 plus 7. It's like, come on, guys. Well, it, unless you're Neonectar, that kind of makes sense. But otherwise, yes. Use dice. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, I was like reading there was an NPR article that I saw, and yes, I know that's the whitest thing I've ever said today, and I'm sure I'll top it in the future. But the, they were talking about uh, math anxiety, which is uh, kid like it's it was like kids want to be good at math and they want to count and you know put things into groups and sort them, but when they bring their math homework home, their parents are like, well, I can't really. I don't want to help because I have bad memories of math in school. So it just turns into this generational problem of people sucking at math. And it's not that. It it was the, like, algebra. That's where shit kind of went off the rails for me. And this is coming from, a you know, an artsy-fartsy creative writing major. I'm sure Matt, the math major, would disagree, but uh, I think once you take the numbers out of numbers, I lose my shit, but basic arithmetic shouldn't be this hard. Yeah. It's not. It's just you gotta get used to doing it. And also part of it is, like, sometimes people will just do the math in their head, and then they'll forget what they just did, and so they're like, ah, fuck, I gotta count this again. I've done that so many times, admittedly. (laughs) Um, I think a good way to help uh, curtail that in the future is if you have effects that activate activate multiple times, instead of going, all right, plus three, plus three, and then it, when you do it again, you go plus three, plus three, go by totals. So when you- I, th- I, I, I think the, the same people who complain about like uh, Common Core on Facebook 
are also the same people who can't do like 32 plus 14 in their head. 46? Yeah, they're just the same people. Because like what what, what the, a lot of the modern, more modern math, math education aims to do is have people more able to do multiplication in their head. Like if I ask you what 22 times 14? Fuck. Uh, wait, <laughs> uh, wait what did you say again? 22 times 14? Uh-huh. 228? Did I get that right? 228? No, I 308 is right. Okay. okay. And a, a better way to do that in your head, in kind of what Common Core aims to do, is instead of just kind of like doing that cross-multiplication shit that we did when we were kids, is instead look at, well, what's 20 times 14? It's uh, 20, 280. 280. Mm-hmm. And then what's 2 times 14? 28. 280 plus 28 is? Is 308. Yeah. There you go. That's a much, much better way to do it in your head, because the arithmetic there is much easier. Mm-hmm. So what we're what you're saying is that the real side decked Vanguard is doing better at math. Yeah, mm-hmm. just do 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 math in your head faster so that people can play faster so that we can have best of three in tournaments. Yes, the real <laughs> the real side deck is the friends we now, made along the way. This might sound like blaming the community for things that really are outside of our control, and I'm I'm, I'm really not. I'm just saying like, don't give them the excuse that we take too long as it is. Like pretty much lock them that they have to do best of three because right now they can say stuff. Well, people go people go over time now to finish their best of ones, and you're like, yeah, that's true. But also, I think because they have the they know that they only have to do that one game. Like, no, I think these people play slow anyway. Hmm. But you, you don't think it would be like a thing where like you you fill the amount of space you have? Uh, no, I I think like. Vanguard games in really no world should take that long, even playing like thoughtfully. Unless you're mm-hmm. protect v protect in standard, that's the only thing I can think of. I mean, I've played games to deck out in like less time than people can like play protect matchups that don't go to deck out. It's just pe- people are people are. Uh, uh, there's a large percentage. There's a decent percentage of people who are incredibly slow. Yeah. And that's like three people at my locals that I'm not going to name right now. Yeah, I had a. I played against somebody in Magic the other, the other week that was playing some slow deck, and he would like do this thing where he's tapping like one land at a time, like making all these really inefficient, just like basic game actions. Instead of taking and, like three in one hand and just mm-hmm. turning him sideways. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. And then like. We would we were at like fifteen minutes at the end of like left in the round at the end of game one. He took thirty five minutes on game one. Most of that time was his. Hmm. And I'm just like, this is ridiculous. Like, if you're gonna play a slow deck, play efficiently, please. Thank you. Yeah, no, I I just I just think like again, take away their excuses. It's important. It's a good way to put it, and I think a good place to end this episode, guys. You're out there in the internet landscape. Where can people find you if they want to have a chat? You can always find me at Wiggums, 2Gs, 2Zs. You can find find me at Plasma Eclipse on Twitter. And also, you can find Plasma Eclipse's drawings on our Twitter, at Nexus at Night. Uh, You can always tweet at us. We are pretty prompt with answers. Uh, You can also... Find me at Atlas Novak and uh, always, always on the Nexus Core YouTube channel. Now, the, I, I, I can't believe I have to say this again. This is a podcast. There is nothing to look at. The podcast goes yeah. up on the YouTube channel slower than it goes up on literally every other podcast app. 
Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud. It goes there faster. You can find us faster. So I highly suggest doing that, but whatever. I'm not going to tell people how to live. Okay, I'm, I'm going to get off my soapbox now. All right, until next time, I was Atlas. I'm still Matt. I'm Root Beer. And have a good night, everybody.